Welcome to Feature Creep, colon. Built-in microwave, semicolon. Uh, um, oh, yeah. you. This is yours. You take hippo, it away. Hippo, oh, oh. Hippo, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm Ned, and this is Meg, and this is our podcast. And uh, welcome. We're going to talk about art and design, and today we're going to talk about uh, hippo, oh, oh, and how that may or may mm-hmm. not relate to art and design in any particular way <laughs> you make the connection you're listening <laughs> um right you do the work you do the work uh we already did the research you do the work um right. anyway uh yeah our podcast if if you're listening for the first time uh this is our you can contact us by email and dana our ceo and founder um, would love to hear from you, and you can send her an email, dana at fcbm.io, and that will um, be awesome if you send us an email because she likes to get them. We like to get them. Yeah, um, send us email. Yeah, whatever thoughts or ideas you have um, about the tell podcast. Tell us a funny story. Yeah, tell us a funny story, whatever you want to do. Um, yeah, and I, th- I would say it goes without saying, but I don't think it does go without saying. We definitely will try to our best to respect your privacy and your rights as far as like content and everything. Um, so, you know, if you send us an email, it's not like, oh, now we've got your email address. Um, <laughs> it's just like, I mean, yes, technically now we have an email from you um, and probably we would just respond directly to you. Um, and then if we wanted to take it further, like talk about what you said on the podcast, we would at least reach out to you and see if you... Um, felt one way or the other about that and if you did we would do what we can to respect your wishes so anyway um, lots of different kinds of episodes on our podcast so if you don't like this one just fucking go find something else that might work for you (laughs) or go listen to one of the other bajillion podcasters out out there there. Um, or make your own or make your own Uh, that's what we did so yeah woo okay um where now you're are, listening to it. Listening. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, lots hippos. of times. Oh, yeah, sorry, go. Lots we of talk times. about like art and design, but this yeah. might fall under art and design loosely. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you why in a minute. I, so, I, I mean, I can already hedge my bets in the realm of like almost everything relates to art and design because fair. taking into consideration the context of something you're doing, mm-hmm. super important. And yep. this is definitely a story about context. Oh, yes. So um, I don't know for how many people are listening. um, This subculture is familiar, but Pablo Escobar was this guy, (laughs) Colombian, Mm -hmm. who became like a drug kingpin and is one of like the famous sort of canonical figures in drug culture um, insofar as the United States wanted him for his crimes, even though they in some ways were directly supporting him. It's real complicated with the drug thing, right? Mm-hmm. But one thing that being a drug kingpin gets you is lots of money and lots of weird favors from people and all sorts of things like that. And so um and also like allows you to be just indulge all the craziness. Right, right. Yes. So like nobody's gonna tell you not to be crazy when you're like a violent drug lord. Right. Um, so one of the crazy things that Pablo Escobar did before he was killed um, in a shootout 
was uh, he bought some hippopotamuses. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he, he kept them at his house. So he lived in like in Colombia somewhere. Mm-hmm. Outside of Medellin, I think. And um, he got these hippos. Um, he kept one male and three females at his place. Like he had this big compound in the desert, in the jungle, in the desert, in uh-huh. the jungle in Colombia. Right. Um, and so like he was kind of sequestered from people as it was, but then like uh, he had, he built this like compound where he could hide out and he set up these four fucking hippos there. Right. So 1970s, four hippos. And where's the compound years. again? That's in the, the, the compound, his place was in, um, it's in Colombia. Okay. It was uh, nearby the near the Magdalena River in Puerto Triunfo, Antioquia, which I'm not entirely sure what part of Colombia that is. Like, I wouldn't be able to point to it on a map. I can point to Colombia on a map. I can't point to where that is on a map. Um, let's see here. Southeast. Southeast Colombia. Okay. So, like, if Colombia is like a... Looks like a like a like a milk splat. The yes. bottom right hand corner of the milk splat. Uh huh. Is where so inland by a river. There is a narrow little section of Colombia that touches the ocean, but this is not that. This is on the opposite side of the country from the ocean. Mm-hmm. So, um, he he picks up these four hippos, right, or gets them sent to him from Africa, and it's the male hippo and three female hippos. And so, like, they, 50 fucking years later, there's 100 fucking hippos in Colombia. Mm-hmm. They are causing all of this controversy because people love them. But also people are like, no. But also people are like, yes, hippos. And nobody knows what to do with them. And, like, a bunch of years ago after Pablo Escobar was killed and, like, his place was just sort of abandoned to the jungle. Mm-hmm. These hippos were just there wandering around. And people were like, what are we going to do with them? And other people were like, "Uh, let's just leave them alone. They'll probably die off. (laughs) Which is like not only predictably wrong. Right. It's also like extremely, like extremely irresponsible. Um, So why is this a bad thing? Well, the argument goes and there's arguments here. Like it's not just clear. Um, there's concerns about whether hippos will harm the native flora and fauna in the area because these are African animals, not South American animals. So they've evolved for a completely different ecosystem than the one, uh, that they are currently living in, in South America. Um, so I, I just want to point out at this point in the story that, um, if you have any interest in hippos or you know anything about hippos, one of the things you probably know about hippos is that adult hippos generally don't have any predators. Even like where they exist, right. um, where there are lions and hyenas and other very large predators, they're bigger and more aggressive. Mm-hmm. And those predators are like, fuck no. I mean, maybe opportunistically like a baby hippo or like a really sick hippo that's like basically yeah. dying, but they're not. They're not preyed upon. They hang out in the water and have no one fucks with them. Right. Yeah. And they're like extremely angry. Yes. Very, very (laughs) aggressive. They kill like hundreds of people in Africa every year. Yeah. Yeah. So many people die because of hippos. They're like, this is my territory. Get the fuck out. 
And they're super fast in the water too, which is nuts. Yes. Yeah. They like charge boats and things. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So they're like pretty fucking tough. These animals are. Mm -hmm. Um, And now there's like just a hundred of them wandering around in the jungle together. (laughs) 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 So uh, I wrote in my notes, concerns, harming native flora and fauna in the area, Mm -hmm. semicolon, debate about this not universal <laughs> um some people are like it's not that big a deal and obviously they're doing fine like pe- i think there's like people who are like well i'm concerned about the hippos themselves mm-hmm. right and right. from that angle it's like well the hippos are doing just fine in fact yes. they're doing better than they do in africa <laughs> the hippos don't have a problem the hippos are great because they have like the conditions in south america are so much more conducive to their existence that they actually like reach sexual maturity and breed younger and breed more of themselves than the ones in Africa are doing. Wow. Yeah. So they've found like a, an ecological niche that they're totally exploiting the fuck out of. Mm-hmm. So they're not like they pose this really significant threat to humans specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, okay, well then you're worried about the humans. I can understand that argument too. Although like, can you just make some room for them or like, can you, what do you, what can you do? Right? Like, is it is this an all or nothing thing? So because they're not part of the landscape of South America and shit, they're breeding faster. They were deemed too difficult to seize. As in like to capture. Because they're fucking huge and aggressive because, as fuck. Yes. <laughs> yes. So everybody's like, uh, let's just leave them on this untended estate in the jungle and let them roam around. So by 2017, mm-hmm. There were 16 of them and they had like started to like roam around in a wider range because they were looking for food in the nearby Magdalena River. And then seven years later, (laughs) by 2014, there are there were reported to have been 40 hippopotamuses. (laughs) They're just like, yep, no problem. This will work just fine. Temperature, food source. Let's go. Yep. So, um, like they, the population, um, in 2019 was estimated to be between 90 and 120 individuals. And they now cover an area, they roam around an area 870 square miles large. (laughs) So they've taken over like a huge (laughs) chunk of, of land near where they were initially brought to live um I just basis- also since we're talking about scale and size like yeah a hippopotamus is considered a mega herbivore okay um which is that uh it's exceeded in size among land animals only by elephants and some rhinoceroses mm-hmm. or okay. rhino- rhinoceros so it's like the biggest species. thing there is yeah. <laughs> yeah uh the mean adult weight is around uh, three thousand two hundred sixty pounds, or one point oh four kilograms, or sorry, one thousand four hundred eighty kilograms. Oh yeah, God. no, they're just fucking massive. Um, uh, they're so weird when you look at them too. They're put together so strangely. Yeah, exceptionally large males have reached a recorded size of five thousand eight hundred sixty pounds. That's a problem. I just I like just to give an idea of like the size of this animal that is now just roaming around. Yeah, um, just crashing in shit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. 
It's nuts. So yeah, they're thinking that like this population is going to explode to mm-hmm. more than 150 hippopotamuses by like the end of this decade. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean- um, possibly 200 and that their range could eventually cover like 5,000 square miles. Yeah. Um, so they're saying like, if they don't take drastic measures to control the population, there could be thousands of them within a couple of decades. Um, I, uh, yeah. I mean, essentially, it sounds like they're just going to establish the same kind of population size that they have in Africa because the limiting factors must are probably food generally. Yes. I'm, right? That must be it. Yeah. Or like, you know, like just lack of lack of space for them to like exist in a normal existence. I mean, I'm assuming they mm-hmm. like to be in the water um you know. Yeah, so they apparently graze on land. They eat a bunch of grass and greenery on land and then they go shit in the water. Yes. <laughs> so the water <laughs> gets really dirty. Yep. Yeah. Um Um yeah. So like people are worried because they're like, "Oh, they're they're invasive, right?" And then other people are like, "Actually, what even is invasive? Like can we call them something other than invasive?" Cuz like first of all, they didn't invade. They just are existing. Mm-hmm. And second of all, like they're an introduced species more so than like an invasive species. So like, so people are like splitting hairs over the definitions of. I, I mean, that's you know. immaterial, right? I mean, like it's I, yeah. well, it is and it isn't, right? I mean, I don't know. Well, it Sometimes just reflects how people feel about yes. the situation, right? Right, right. Um, yeah, I mean, it's we can trace it back to the fact that, like, like many species, people fucked up and were like, "I'm going to put this where it doesn't belong and let it right. fucking thrive." Um, you know, like, <laughs> like Hawaii's bird population is just devastated by. I think it's a uh, mongoose. Hmm. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, the mongoose were brought over to chase the rats, but the mongoose hunt during the day, and the rats like thrive during the night. And the mongoose were like, "Oh." They never but see each other. There's all these native bird nests with all these amazing bird eggs mm, that we can just eggs. go eat whenever we want because yeah, these and- birds don't have any defenses against us. They've never right. seen like the, a creature like us has never existed here. So it's just mm-hmm. fucking you know pandemonium. Um, yeah, some birds like the darndest thing. I see a fuzzy animal climbing into our nest. Right, never seen that before. Never seen so, that before. No. Yeah, those mongooses love to eat snake eggs too. So it's like snakes and birds are basically the same thing. Yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, so these like hippopotamuses. Yes. Um, when they go into the rivers and shit out all the grass that they've eaten on the yes, banks, yes, <laughs> they um, they increase the nutrient levels, and so there's all this cyanobacteria in the lakes that are inhabited by hippos, and <clears throat> those cyanobacteria lead to algae blooms, and the algae blooms kill off all the other things that live in the water. <laughs> so. Those hippopotamuses might be the only thing left in South America soon. Um, (laughs) That's a hyperbolic statement, obviously. Yeah, but also Um, like not so, you know. Right. So some other people are like, wait a minute, though. These hippos might actually have a positive effect, despite all of these things that you're like the value judgments you're making about where they came from, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Like, what if... The occasional fish kills caused by the pooping in the water aren't that much of a problem. And like also they could be part of this rewilding project because like at some point in the prehistoric times in the past, there were large mammals on the land in South America and they got wiped out, which some people are arguing means that this whole time ever since they were extinct, 
there's been a gaping hole in the food web and like the evolutionary chart or whatever. And mm-hmm. so these some these hippos are somehow like backfilling that missing genetic data or whatever, which is like, I think, a really silly argument. Um, yeah, I mean, it like, you know, from the like, you know, orbital view of of it it's just like well yeah don't fuck with it anymore and we'll just like let nature take its course and that's what it is and stop fucking around with the environment and hippos live there now and we know why that happened but whatever on the other hand it's like to argue that it's like oh this is a good thing is like what right like these people are like these people are arguing that one man did this right like one one drug addled brain came up with He wasn't even supposed to. I mean, it's like he obviously he did it like against. My point is just that if he wasn't some insane like international drug dealer, there's no way he would have convinced anyone to give them these hippos. Right. Right. Like this wasn't done through appropriate channels. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's got a hippo guy. What do you expect? Right. So um, these like these these people who are like arguing for the benefit like in favor of keeping the hippos because they provide some ecological benefit are like oh this pleistocene what rewilding project we got to like replace these now extinct species for the integrity and i'm like but that just like presupposes that there's a right way that nature is supposed to be and that any deviation from it is wrong which is like incoherent right um it's uh, the wikipedia article here says the Pleistocene Rewilding Project is itself highly controversial. I should hope so. I know, like, right? It's kind of... It, I, Idiotic. It's it's also just kind of like, you know, all of this shit is just sort of resource management, right? It's like we're getting to the mm-hmm. point where it's like, um, you know, like what are the actual goals? I mean, this is part of my problem right. is it's like, did the Pleistocene Rewilding Project come about because somebody had some like lofty weird fucking like idea of the way the land should be therefore it should be this way with no sight on like what the goal is it's like oh we're just gonna rewild this shit and then and then what like it's so the pleistocene rewilding quote from wikipedia is Mm. the advocacy of the reintroduction of extant pleistocene megafauna or close ecological equivalents of extinct megafauna Mm -hmm. an extension of the conservation practice of rewilding which involves reintroducing species to areas where they became extinct in recent history hundreds of years ago or less Mm -hmm. towards the end of the pleistocene era nearly ten thousand to thirteen thousand years ago uh, almost all megafauna of Eurasia, Australia, North and South America dwindled, 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 <laughs> dwindled. <laughs> dwindled towards extinction mm-hmm. in what has been referred to as the quaternary extinction event with the loss of large herbivores and predator species. Niches important for ecosystem functioning uh, were left unoccupied. So they have like a little footnote on that left mm-hmm. unoccupied. So uh, uh, in not in Tarabang, Astrobang, Astrobang, <laughs> yeah, unoccupied. Um. So yeah, the uh, this guy named Tim Flannery, who's a biologist, claims that ever since the extinction of the megafauna thirteen thousand years ago, the continent has had a seriously unbalanced fauna. Mm. So, for example, managers of national parks in North America have to resort to culling to keep the population of ungulates under control. Right. So, so I guess what I'm getting at is that yeah. um, I'm not necessarily poo pooing the idea of it. I'm mm-hmm. just like the the but point with hippos, is though? well I I think more importantly it's like 
is there some examination and thought about um, doing the Pleistocene rewilding to solve some problem that exists? Like, yeah. or are you just kind of like, you know, just doing it for the sake of it? Like, it's a resource management issue. And it's like, are we looking at these resources and being like, okay, you know, shit's fucked up. It's costing us a lot of money to do this, or it's mm-hmm. damaging the environment on a scale that we give a fuck about. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, all of these things, like personally, I'm like, yeah, fucking rewild yeah. everything. Like, great. Um, sure. But also consideration for the context, right? It's like, yeah. Are, are they just kind of like arguing for something that it's like, yeah, but you don't actually know what the fuck you're talking about because people have lived here yes. for like, you know, thousands and thousands of years and this is actually agricultural land now. And like, is your goal to displace those guys and just like have them live somewhere else? Like, what's your goal here? Like, where's your... Right. Like, there's a critique here that says the main criticism of Pleistocene rewilding specifically. Because mm-hmm. um, like, they're talking about rewilding the Mississippi... Okay. In the Twin Cities, sure. for example, which is a totally different type of rewilding, but nonetheless, yeah. Um, the the so the criti- the criticism of specifically the Pleistocene rewilding is that it is unrealistic to assume that communities today are functionally similar to their state ten thousand years ago, and that there has been more than enough time for communities to evolve in the absence of megafauna, and the reintroduction of large mammals could then thwart ecosystem dynamics because they've had equilibrium has been obtained in the time right. since those animals went fucking extinct. Like, so yes. adding random shit into the mix isn't necessarily going to plug a hole. Yeah, like this is my I, like that's much better stated on like what I'm thinking about. It's like yeah, but you yeah. already have a system there. Right. Like, like what is running. your goal? Like is your goal to just push it off balance again and see what happens? Right. Right. Um and another thing. And another thing. And then you've got disease issues and stuff. I mean, there's just all kinds of shit. The situation with like the using the hippopotamuses, the Colombian hippopotamuses as they're collectively referred to. Yes. Um if the like it sounds to me like saying that that we should leave the hippos where they are because they can serve this function of being a part of a Pleistocene rewilding effort just seems ridiculous to me because it's like, well, yeah, but it was an afterthought. Like you're just, you're just, you just have hippos in search of a cause now. (laughs) Right. Like would anyone have suggested from the outset that a solution to a Pleistocene rewilding of South America would be to currently import African hippos and see what happens? (laughs) I don't think anybody would have suggested that. Right. Like what what key now extinct large terrestrial mammalian species are you plugging the hole of with these God. current day hippopotamuses? Uh-huh. <laughs> um so yeah, that's you know, uh, the rewilding and the hippos and the things. Um yeah. so like they like the National Geographic Channel produced a documentary about them, yes. about this particular herd of hippopotamuses. Yeah. And they titled it Cocaine Hippos. <laughs> of course they even did. Though, even though they like don't have anything to do with cocaine. Um, except that cocaine paid for them, probably. Mm-hmm. Or yes. I mean, I don't think anything really paid for them. I think it was probably like, give me the hippos or else. Sure. Yeah. He's just like, I'll have those. Thank you very much. You can, you know what you can do for me? You can drop four hippos off at my house. Mm-hmm. Um, so the BBC talked about this particular issue at length, actually. Um, 
and they covered it as part of their Latin American news. They called the existence of these hippos an ecological time bomb. <laughs> uh huh. And in a study published in the Biological Conservation Journal, they said that culling the animals was the only way to mitigate their environmental impact. So they're just going to like shoot a bunch of hippos, right? That's their deal. Okay. Hippos are now invasive. If we don't kill them, the situation is going to be out of control in 10 or 20 years. And like, we're all going to die. I would say it's already out of control. It was out of yeah. control the second you guys decided it was so out of control that you weren't going to do anything about it 50 years ago. <laughs> right, right. So uh, it's funny because this BBC article is like, this is the biggest hippo herd outside of Africa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't say. Um, it's like the only hippo herd outside of Africa that's just like wandering around on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, so the numbers are projected to reach over 1,400 specimens as early as 2034 without a cull. And in order to keep animals at the numbers that they're at right now, the same people who made that calculation think that they would have to kill 30 animals or castrate 30 animals every year to stop that from happening. Um, the other thing about South America that's interesting that makes them really hard to like control population-wise is yeah. that in Africa, there's droughts that cause a like kind of hard stop to the population explosions like chill out here somebody's gonna die right Right. and so like there's these sort of like environmental um cataclysms that happen on a regular basis that keep the african hippos in check but those things don't take place in colombia there's no droughts in colombia so the conditions in their south american home are much more ideal and they tried as a result of the lower like sexual maturity age and like exploding population in South America, they were like, what if we just like give them birth control instead of killing them? Because people were really upset about the idea of killing them Mm -hmm. because some people think they're big and cute and other people are like, no, they're good for the environment because of this Pleistocene craziness. And then some other people are like, no, they're bad for the environment, but they are cute. So don't kill them. Just give them birth control. So it's like, everybody's got an angle on this, but nobody can agree on any of the details. Like some people just like them because they're cute. Uh huh. You know, and that's yeah. like one of the things that, and I was reading all this stuff about them, and I can't remember where I read it, but one of the officials that was sort of like, I'm in charge of dealing with this shit fest, was like, we run into problems of, of how to deal with them all of the time because there is so much popular interest in these doofy fucking animals uh-huh. that, like, we can't do anything with or to them. Like nobody right. will let you know. So no, they're like, we love them. They're so cute. They're sort of like culturally protected by the world stage, as opposed to yeah. like the people who are actually affected by them. Right. So like birth control wasn't feasible because they only managed to sterilize like a handful of animals, and it took them over a decade to do it. I I mean I can only imagine like the complications of that like as right. we've discussed there are these massive animals it's not like you're rounding up cats and doing a procedure that like almost every vet in the world knows how to do with their eyes closed right it's right. like this very complicated situation you have to like knock their asses out if you want to do anything to them otherwise mm-hmm. they'll just destroy you if you get anywhere near them mm-hmm. um so yeah birth control they tried shooting them with like birth control darts and all this stuff but mm-hmm. to make sure and to screen and make sure that they were actually sterile and stuff they had to keep like 
shooting them with tranquilizers and then like putting them in like restraints so that if they woke up, they wouldn't kill anybody. And then like doing it. So it's just like totally not feasible, right? Yeah. So uh, I wrote in our notes, people have strong feels about uh-huh. these hippos. Yeah. People tend to understand much more about invasive species uh, when it's like, this plant is like, like kudzu is eating the South or like, uh-huh. you know, whatever. Like, it's much easier to understand invasive species when you're not talking about like something that kind of looks like a giant teddy bear. Yes, right. And like smaller creatures like rats or bugs or things like that. People are like, ah, but when you talk about a massive mammal that people are like, it's very cartoonish and adorable. People don't really understand that that's like an invasive species that's like ruining things for everybody. Right. So in 2009, they were like, we don't know what to do. And there's all this like back and forth about it. And so the Colombian army shot a shot a hippo. Just the one. Yeah, just the one. The Uh hippo that people had named. Yeah. So they were very upset when they shot Pepe. Pepe. Oh, no, they shot Pepe. The army. The army army shot shot Pepe. Pepe. (laughs) So, yeah. I want to be clear. Like, I think any time, you know, animals are being killed is terrible. And obviously, like, consideration for, you know, life and existence is important. Um, But it's still kind of, you know putting that aside like it is pretty hilarious the like the level of reaction that's going on around this i know yeah it's very like this story just totally was like what (laughs) so they they killed pepe in 2009 because Uh he was deemed i'm not sure by who deemed by who to be a threat to local communities Uh and the outcry was so severe that it led authorities to legally protect hippos which is an obstacle to any plans to culling them uh, of course. I mean, of course it is. Yeah. So now there's like local laws that are mm-hmm. like, no, you can't touch the hippos. But like, so there's just this patchwork of like how people, I like them because they're cute. I like them because they're bad for the environment. I like them because they're good for the environment. I don't like them because they're bad for the environment. I don't <laughs> right. like them because they're good for the environment. We should right. kill them. We should not kill them. So like, all these people are like hyper polarized, which is why like they haven't actually done anything about this and the problem just keeps getting bigger uh uh because everybody's like paralyzed by what to do so apparently like 2007 was 14 years after pablo escobar's death so in 2007 um like i said earlier how many were there like 16 of them Mm -hmm. in 2007 and that was 14 years after pablo escobar was shot and killed so he Basically, they had like a decade and a half of wandering around before they roamed so far that they reached a town called Antioquia, which is 200 miles northwest of Bogota. And that's where like people began phoning in sightings of them. So while he was alive. Yes. They were contained. I believe so. And then... He, he had gets, what he called a private zoo at his estate in Colombia, and he had like zebras, giraffes, flamingos, right. and these hippopotamuses. So he had them like, th- like they were there for his enjoyment. So I sure. would assume that they couldn't get out while he was there and alive. Right, right. And he was killed in 1993. So and, and almost th- everything that he had at his place was relocated. Like all the all the other animals and stuff were relocated because they were able to be handled. You know? Yeah. But the hippos were just like, uh, I don't know. 
And <laughs> 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 I don't know about those hippos, though. Um, and so the hippos were just kind of like turn. They were just like, oh, they'll just go die in the woods or something. Is what they thought was going to happen. Like, right? I mean, uh, like authorities. So a, a, an NPR story about yeah. these hippos set uh, gave me this quote: "Authorities thought they would die, but they did not." <laughs> Now, about a hundred roam near the estate. Conservationists are trying to control their population because they worry about the people and the environment. But some locals like the hippos. Uh-huh. And a few researchers say the animals should be left alone because they're filling an ecological void. The contra- controversy interestingly reflects a growing debate in ecology about what an invasive species actually is. Right. So, like... The the in it's interesting because there's like people are kind of trying to use the same premises to make competing conclusions. Um, for example, like this ecosystem debate that they're having about whether or not the hippos are actually as bad for South American ecosystems as people think they would be or assume they would be because they don't quote unquote belong there. Mm-hmm. So in Africa, they call hippos ecosystem engineers because they are so impactful on the environment around them. Mm-hmm. And like in Africa, this is seen as a good thing. Um, oh, because wait, sorry. Say that again. They're- so like there's an ecosystem debate, right? Like yeah. people are like the, the, the hippos either are or are not good for the ecosystem around them. I see. Gotcha. Okay. And in Africa, they're revered as ecosystem engineers because of how impactful they are to their environment. They eat tons of grass on land. They shit tons in the water. It impacts, like, they have massive tangible effects. Right. Um, They're, so that's, that, the fact of that is being used to argue both sides. That that is both a good thing and a bad thing. (laughs) And that should validate their continued existence and also their destruction. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, there's this person from Australia, which is neither South America nor Africa, mm-hmm. who is like, no, leave the hippos alone. It's fine. Right. Um, because they're introduced versus invasive, which is what I was kind of like in referring to earlier. And this woman says, oh, they're filling a niche that was opened. And it's uh, like it's bad because they were moved from post-industrial humans. And therefore, they're part of a category of not nature. But like also they are nature. And like most of this is just about superimposed issues like borders and political distinctions and not natural ones. <laughs> and so like, they're like, maybe we should send them to some zoos. Right. And yeah. so I, I was reading a CNN had a story that allegedly from, from early this month, March, 2023, yeah. that a total of 70 hippos, a mix of males and females are expected to be moved with 60 going to India and 10 going to Mexico the technical term for which is called translocating. Translocating, uh, okay. Right, because yep. it's you're moving an animal from a habitat that is not their native habitat to another habitat that is also not their natural habitat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, um, one thing that occurs to me about this this whole thing and the ar- arguments around what to do yeah, with yeah. the hippos <laughs> is like it's a microcosm of like how people argue all like the problem yeah. with art like th- the failures of human argument right like mm-hmm. that whole thing about you know the same sort of evidence being used on both sides right is like 
goes on all the time, right? It's also yes. like why there's this fucking panoply or this like huge gray area between one side and the other. And the idea of like um, there being sides is like really fucked up. Um, <laughs> like it's well, I this morning I was reading. Um, I don't want to go too much on a tangent because I know we've been really oh. on it for this episode. <laughs> but um, the uh, I was reading. Um, I was reading some news this morning and I oftentimes I just use Google News, the Google News feed aggregator thing because I'm fucking lazy and I haven't figured out a better alternative. But um, I was like, I think this thing's biased because a friend of mine was like, oh, the thing going on in France is fucking like really like she was like, it's really kind of, you know, making me feel good about humanity. And if you don't Mm. know what that is, it's just the French are basically like, fuck you, you can't raise the retirement age. What the fuck is this? And they're just like protesting across the country. Yeah, general strike. Yeah. So I'm like, huh, I just looked through my newsfeed this morning and saw nothing about it. And Uh so I was like, I wonder if it's biased. So then I go look to see, or I, I, I wanted to like read other people's reviews of it and understand what you know why it wasn't in my feed and why i didn't know anything about it and so what did you discover well what i discovered is that there's a lot of websites attempting to you know determine whether something's biased there's like a website called all sides and i looked at this and i'm like this is not a solution because all it does is look at um they're like is it more left-leaning or more right-leaning and i'm like this Mm -hmm. is not a real thing like every issue is not a new like there's too much nuance for you to decide whether it was left or right like this is a a totally superfluous data point that gives me no information about whether because they're like oh uh you know google news is a little bit biased to the left and i'm like what Mm -hmm. the fuck does that mean like that can't be real like what that like anyway you know, especially because of places like, uh, you know, in- entities like Fox News, where it's like they've pulled things so far to the right that mm-hmm. center is now what most of us would have considered extremely right. Yeah. They're like, no, I want to be a centrist. They're like, okay, great. We're not going to just murder children as soon as they're born. We're right. going to like let them die slowly in labor camps. Great. Like, you know, whatever the fucking, you know. Right. Um, We're going to exploit some labor out of them before we let them die. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, mm-hmm. um, but my my point just being is that I get really frustrated in like the arguments because like everybody, not everybody, but there seems to be this like common or sort of cultural push towards this idea of like you know op- op- opposing sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it. Well, everything has been forced into a false dichotomy. Yes, right, exactly, a false dichotomy, like all the way down. Yeah, you're not fooling like, me. It's just a false dichotomy the whole way. Not only are there rarely two sides that are like opposite from each other, right, and which represent a neat and tidy package of like diametric argumentation yeah. points. Like, there's usually way more than two sides to a fucking story, right? Like, uh, like I've recently, for whatever reason, I've been really fascinated by like flat earther bullshit. Yes, and because it's weird and hilarious. Yeah, but. That's not an opposing side to right. the nature of reality. Right. Yes. Like the the earth is fucking round. Like it's, you know, or whatever. It's an <laughs> obloid spheroid or whatever. Like mm-hmm. my point is just like it isn't no fucking flat disc and like whatever fucking weird hypothesis these people are spewing and trying to like prove yeah. all the time doesn't make it an opposing opinion. It's right. like it doesn't it's make not, it valid. It not it, n- yeah, it doesn't make it valid for sure, but also it's just but like also it's, 
it's just not like it's not an opposing opinion. It's just it's not like, a countervailing. Y- yes. Like if view. if you want to have a debate about the nature, like the real argument might be, is it a sphere or an obloid spheroid? Like, OK, now we're right. in the realm of like, you know, some, you know, we can talk about classification and shit. But for sure, we know that gravity exists and the nature of gravity is something that we're constantly trying to understand. But we're not in the realm of like does it exist though right <laughs> like okay yes we're struggling to quantify some of it maybe i you know it's been a while since i've but like you know the nuance of it is like do these equations or do these equations hold more true mm-hmm, but in right. none of those is there a realm where it's like it's a big flat disc and we all just stand on top of it right what and ha- you could fall off the edge yeah you can fall off the edge how well you know cuz things fall down by gravity but anyway sorry anyway um my point is like the same thing with the fucking hippopotamuses it's like it's why the whole thing about the um oh what's that term for uh the rewilding but the um oh the pleistocene the pleistocene rewilding it's like that might actually be a very valid solution in the right context in a certain place but it doesn't mean that just like okay let's fucking do it everywhere now Let's just shoehorn these hippos into a convenient theory about the past. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Like uh, uh, that NPR article that talked about moving the hippos to Mexico and India points yeah. out that like every time you move animals or plants or anything from one place to another, you'd like there's a lot of shit that goes with it, right? right. Like, <laughs> pathogens, bacteria, viruses. Yes. Like you could be moving diseases around all over the place. I, I mean, this is my biggest concern about our like our big jump to space travel. Oh yeah. Like especially other planets. You oh, know, God, it's, it's gonna like... be a shit show. <sighs> anyway. It's gonna be a total shit show. Because like we can't it, as us as, as a species, we lack the discernment to even describe what qualifies as a life form. Right. Like what is alive what does alive even mean so like it's insane to me that people feel that they can conclusively assert like not only are there not other living creatures on these other planets and other life forms we know because we looked we didn't find them because we know what we're looking for and also Mm -hmm. we're pretty sure that if we go there we're not going to disturb the life forms that don't exist right and i'm like we lack all of the discernment necessary to to quantify and qualify whether there is life aboard other planets. Yeah. Like, yeah. We have no way. Of, yeah. There's there's no way. Like we're going to show up and it's going to be like a giant oops moment. It's going to be a hippo uh-oh. <laughs> and be like, "Oh, we brought these hippos here. Uh-oh." Uh-huh. Oh, we can't undo this. And then we're going to have a debate uh-huh. as a species about whether or not we should take the hippos off Mars. <laughs> Right. Yes. And for 200 years, we're going to wonder about it until we go back and we're like, oh, no, now there's like a million hippos here. Oh, God. It's just. Yeah. I think we shouldn't kill them because they're cute. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't think we should kill the hippos either. Like, regardless of whether they're causing problems, like you can't just kill shit that's problematic. You know what I mean? Right. Right. People supposed- seem to be like yes. more than willing to do that. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, if from the standpoint of the hippos, they're like, we used to struggle and then somebody brought us here and everything's been fine. You know, like they're in the yeah. fucking promised land. Right. They're in the promised land. Exactly. They're in hippo paradise. Uh-huh. 
They're like, half the year, there wasn't anything to drink or eat over on that other side. We're here right. now. It's green all year round. Mm-hmm. This is great. People here even like us. So, like, they they were talking um, about how, like, where was this? On NPR, they were talking about how it would even be possible to move these animals. And oh, so yeah. the plan to take them to India and to Mexico has been, like, in the works for more than a year. Um they're going to lure the animals with food uh-huh. into giant metal boxes. Okay, and like shipping put, containers, basically. Yeah, yeah. and then they're going to... So they're just going to be like, here, hippo. <laughs> and then the hippos, of its own volition, of course, is going to yeah. walk... It's going to march all 5,000 pounds of itself into a dark iron box. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to be put on a truck and shipped to an airport and flown to uh mexico or india wherever and there they will live out in sanctuaries and or zoos um david Echeverry lopez Mm -hmm. says it is possible to do we already have experience relocating hippos and zoos nationwide um i mean apparently yeah like yeah it's doable yeah apparently they have like an environmental authority that's going to oversee the relocations and the plan is to send 60 of them to uh, India and then um, 10 to zoos and sanctuaries in Mexico, in Sinaloa. And then they hope that that will help control the population, I guess. I don't know if that's just a bid to buy time. Like, if we get rid of 60 or 70 of them right now, does oh, that like buy us time? Yeah, because yeah. they're not getting rid of all of them. I'm like, are you just... Are you just kicking the hippo can down the road? Like, what's going on here? I mean, also, like, are you... I feel like if you withdraw, like, some amount of hippos or some amount of life forms from a population, mm-hmm. um, then potentially you've created a situation where it's like, they're like, oh, great, there's more room for more of us, and, you know, shit kicks off, and they have more babies, and the next thing you know, there's fucking, you know, a hundred of them again. Right. As opposed to maybe the population has sort of self, you know, leveled off a little bit based on food resources and and whatever else. I mean, like, it's interesting to me that in all of the reading, I couldn't find anything about what they actually eat. Um. Oh, they uh, I feel like I was just looking at this. Um, Like, I know they eat green stuff. They're herbivores. Yeah. So. uh, But what are they eating in South America? What are they like? What in Africa they have a specific diet? What is their diet in South America that keeps them sustained? Oh, I see what you're saying. It's not like what do they eat? Well, they eat plants. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm guessing as herbivores, they probably you know there's probably like several species of plants that are quite dele- you know edible to them that they just fucking yeah. engorge themselves on if they're able to thrive at that level. Like. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the jungle hippos. It seems like I mean, typically they eat kind of savanna grass in uh in Africa. So Yeah, um, so what are they eating in South America? I mean, I'm sure there's other forms of grasses and things that grow near the lake that they can just nosh on. It's so funny that something that weighs five thousand pounds just eats grass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of grass. Yeah, it is a lot of grass. Um Oh man. 
Yeah. Yeah. Fucking hippos, man. Cocaine hippos. So I love how like yeah. when I was researching this, I looked up like the story that the National Geographic had done and I was like, was this before or after National Geographic switched from being an academic publication to a popular magazine? Uh-huh. I can't think, I just can't imagine that the National Geographic I knew and loved and grew up with would ever title an article about these hippos, cocaine hippos. Right, right. That part feels a little bit... Salacious. Yeah, it's just like, oh, you guys are clickbaiting the fuck out of this, aren't you? Right. Yeah, well, I mean... You know, I like the unfortunate, like, you know, like all good things that capitalism butts up against, National Geographic was ruined by it as well, right? Because it's right. like, you know, they can't compete with, like, you know, the History Channel's, like, airing of, like, ancient aliens or, like, you know, which is also how how the fucking capitalism ruins shit, right? Because it's like, right. oh, well, this gets more views, and so that's what we must do, and that's right. how we get money. And so it's just kind of like... You know, the fact that the world the population doesn't want to read academic articles printed in National Geographic and, you know, there's a select few of us who actually like want to get in there and read it um, yeah. means that it can't really exist, right? Like it, Right. Not, not like it did. Nope. Not like it did when we were young. I used to like wait for that magazine to show up. Like, when's it going to come? When's it yeah. going to come? Yeah, it Man, was I a, love National It Geographic. was a cool it was a cool thing for sure. Definitely. So yeah, I don't know. Hippos. Mm-hmm. Hippos in SA. Fucking cool. Um I have just a few more minutes left for this podcast episode. Okay. Um and what we could do is um we could do like a I don't know. Um, like a closing is there any do you have any closing yeah. thoughts you want to say about hip hip hop hip hop hip hop hip hop hip hop yeah um i don't know i've always really wanted to have a hippo skull and turn it into like a hat that goes like all oh. around my head so like the lower jaw is like sits under my jaw and then the upper part just sits on top of my head they're so massive i know i bet they're really heavy yeah yeah Think they're super heavy? Yeah, I'm sure they are. I'm sure it's like their are. teeth alone look really heavy. Yeah, yeah. Because they have teeth. they have these like tusk like teeth. I mean, they're very tusky. Yeah, um, they've got these like tusk like teeth at the front. Really massive teeth that they can use for like. I imagine like they dig for shit. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, just looking at it, it's like they must use that to like root around in the mud and like dig shit up and then they've got um you know just rows of molars for grinding that shit up and right. chucking it down the old uh, esophagus there to get it into the into so the gullet crazy yeah yeah it's nuts <laughs> it's interesting to me that he had like a like a like he also had zebras and flamingos. Like yeah. He had a whole menagerie of uh -huh. weird, you know, exotic pets. And yeah. Like, what? What? Who fed them? What did they feed them? Like, I want to know so much more about this. Yeah. Like, whose job was it to care for Pablo Escobar's hippos when he was still alive? 
God, I, it's just somebody, right? Like just some, yeah. you know, I had some, like maybe, I don't know. I don't know that much about him. So I don't know if he had like a. Um, I want to talk to the veterinarians that worked on Pablo Escobar's zebras. Yeah. Like who, who were these people and how were they involved? Yeah. Who yeah. sold him the hippos? Right. Like, did these hippos come from poachers in Africa? Did they come from like some person? Like, where did, were they babies? How did they get these hippos? Like, how? Like, in light of everything we know about how difficult it is to deal with them, yeah. How did the original four end up in Colombia in the first place? Who was like, right. what's that? You say four hippos into containers and take them across an ocean? Not uh-huh. a problem. We'll be Not there by right. be there by Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Like. who somebody must have been under a huge amount of compulsion or coercion Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to get those fucking hippos crated up and sent to south america successfully yep i would love to know the more backer story about like okay take me back to the 1970s when these hippos first showed up what was going on right It's, Ned, if you were a drug kingpin, would you have hippos? Uh, you know, I like I, that's a good question. I think that I would um I I don't know. I can't say for sure because I have no idea uh like my situation, but like let's say that I was um, you know, kind of had a significant amount of power in the area that I lived. Uh-huh. Um and uh people kind of did what i said and i also had a lot of money would your nickname um, be big ned because you're the big man in town in the area that you live <laughs> in order quite, for this to be true quite possible um <laughs> yeah it's quite possible i think uh would i have hippos i feel like that would like probably it would be like most things in my life it's just on a bigger scale right like it would just yeah. be like i would be obsessed with something and i would go down the rabbit hole and you know, I'd probably have um I don't know that I'd have a bigger sailboat. Yeah. Just because like I'd probably not like I would probably see like pretty quickly I would see like the ramifications of like my my sort of like project spurts where it's just like, <laughs> oh, I just leave this like wasteland of um, you know, like half finished project. And so it's like I'm not gonna get a bigger boat because the one I have I don't use enough, or like I'm not gonna right. um I imagine because I also imagine like the fact that he kept a zoo with a zebra like or sorry well with zebras and um, and hippos and things is that uh, he had some fascination with having a zoo and so I don't know that I would have a fascination with a zoo and animals um, based on who I am now like I you know Mm -hmm. I I probably would be more I don't know, it's hard to say because like if you're a drug kingpin, <laughs> you probably can't travel as much, right? Like you don't have as much like inner yeah, country freedoms you as gotta, you might like, have. And so you gotta do things in your so so it's quite possible that I would create a compound that was like, you know, my own little paradise, right? It's like I right. wanna fucking see zebras. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say yeah, probably I would have fucking hippos. Mm-hmm. I think I might too. Yeah. I think I might maybe if not hippos, like something in the same vein though, like giraffes or I don't know what. I would also want to make sure that, like, whatever habitat I had for them was like, fuck wilderness. We want to live here. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. 
Probably, yeah. The like giraffe seemed yeah. like a good option for me. I really like the reticulated pattern on giraffe skin. Yeah, it's very interesting. I feel like I could look at that for the rest of my life and not get bored. Mm-hmm. If I was like, you know, a drug dealer trapped by my own success. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what it comes down to, right? It's like, yeah. you can't. You you have probably a lot of freedom within the domain of your like protected area, but then, you know, I right. don't know. It just seems yeah. stressful to me. It's like you're, you're you kind of create this gilded cage for yourself. Exactly. I mean, this is where I I don't understand like somebody like Putin or somebody where it's like you're you're kind of I mean I don't know I guess you've just become drunk with the idea of power and right and ego and your ego is an extension of your Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like, I can't imagine otherwise. Like, why was he trying to like claim new territory in, a, like, in the modern world? Yeah, and yet he's been doing it, right? You know, into countries that are otherwise like fairly, uh, um, what's the word? Like, pretty well developed, right? It's not like we're yeah. talking about like a territorial yeah. dispute. I mean, not that those aren't any less worse. Like, there's plenty of, like, horrible fucking genocides and shit that's been going on. So it's not like, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. I don't know. I'm talking up my ass over here. <laughs> I fucking know. Um, I, just think, I, I just think, like, killing people is just fucked up. And, like, you know, the same way killing animals is fucked up without yeah. real consideration. So no. It's messed up. Yeah. Don't kill those hippos. Yeah. Or those people. Right. But also, like, if you're going to do it, like, okay, but, like, consider the shit, right? Like, consider the context. Like, do you need to kill the hippos? Like, why? This is is where, like, I don't have maybe such a huge problem with, like, animal research. I mean, I do. It's very problematic. Um, In theory, animal research, at least in the science community, has ethics review boards that means that every single life that is used is justified and must be you know it must be justified to show that the greater good comes from it right in -hmm. practice fuck if i know if that's actually going on but um, yeah it's like and i'm not saying that that justified like it's still bad like it's still like i had this debate in psych in like fucking college or something and i remember people just like couldn't get it and i'm like yes like probably killing hitler would be a good idea it's still bad. It's still right. killing somebody. Like that's still bad. Like right. that's not it doesn't undo the fact the fact that they might have like, you know, so much good comes from the ending of their life doesn't change mm-hmm. the fact that it's ending a life and that's fucked up. Right. This like, is all this is what the book that Crime and Punishment is all about. Yeah. And it's a good book. Yeah. I should probably it's- read it someday. Oh man, we should have like a book club. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Yeah. We'll read Crime and Punishment and then we'll have weekly discussions. It sounds good. Yeah. It's going to be super uplifting. <laughs> I can imagine already. I can just feel it just growing the joy in my heart. <laughs> the joy in like, my heart. Yeah. It's, I've only read the book, right? Like, I don't mm-hmm. think Crime and Punishment is a movie, um, but it should be. Right, uh, right. But I read the book, right? And because it's Dostoevsky, it's about like, like drunk poor people falling down in the street and things like that and life being just generally miserable and oppressive and uh-huh. like people like getting trampled by horses and like killing your landlord and stuff yeah and 
it's like it's a book so it's like pages of a book with like you know light colored pages with dark colored printing on it and like it's just a book and i read it but like in my mind the images conjured up by this book are so dark uh-huh. <laughs> that it's almost like the book itself is just like this dark storm cloud in my uh-huh. memory like the the even the memories of interacting with reading it i don't it's so dismal (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it's so great because like in it is this supremely argued philosophy you know by someone who wasn't even technically a philosopher so look at that eat that and rand right (laughs) um yeah his that book is great um do you have do you have the um uh the long story short catalog no i haven't done any more new ones oh i have um, oh so we could we could if we wanted to um oh do a segment God. on it really quick let me go i'm going there now okay long story short <gasps> so okay. i don't know if you want to pick a starting and i'll pick an ending or if you want to just like tell a whole long story short yourself which is also legit that's my vote i think you should just you should tell a long story short right now as our final segment. Oh, all right. Um, so, uh, if you're list- if you're still listening and you've reached right. the very end of our Rambly podcast, um, <laughs> we have a new segment uh, called Long Story Short, um, which I hope you all will find very frustrating, and um, or imagine like it will yes. pique your imagination, which is really the goal, right? Like you know, um, in a in our own humorous way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but thank you. <laughs> Also, everybody, for listening, and don't forget, if this long story short upsets you, you can send us an email and tell us all about it. And you can tell Dana, um, our CEO and founder, and that's D-A-N-A at FCBM.io. You can tell her how we provoked you. Yes, how you were provoked into response. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Well, I see this one that you have here. Did I tell you about the time I was stuck in an elevator? No, tell go on. This is a true long story short. Yeah. Long story short, that guy wasn't a child molester. He did have a nice tie, and I got a cookie in the end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. Oh, love that do you one. want the Do you want the backstory for that, or should I just leave it as it is? Uh I think we can, uh, you know, we can put an aster bang at the end of that one. Put an aster bang. We'll save it for another episode. I can be, it can be brought up again and I can explicate the details Mm -hmm. at the time. Yep. That's a good one. (laughs) I'll have to, (laughs) I'll have to note that on here. I think uh, we mentioned aster bang a couple times in this episode and I should just note that um, we recorded an episode prior to this one about, um, the invention of some new punctuation or a new punctuation mark, which would be the aster bang, which is a combination of an asterisk and an exclamation point, um, which is to sort of convey the idea of heavily caveated excitement, right? It's like very context specific. Yes, Yes. I'm excited about this idea and I'm going to exclaim about it, but it's not just allowed to run rickshawed all over everything. It has very particular constraints. Um, Right. Yeah. <laughs> Use it. Use it. Yes. Um okay, I think that's all I got. Thanks everybody. Yeah, thanks everybody for listening. Good job. Great job. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.